Even if we make brum brum noises or fly them around the air, that's just the, that's just the extra. Bo- you're not going to put me off. That's just the extra bonus we have. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's like Chewbacca. I am Malcolm Childs and I am James Giffins and we are Just Making Conversation the show where we discuss the ins and outs of the model making hobby that we both love so much from the greasy sprues to the gloss coats and everything in between, we are going to just make conversation. Remember, there are other podcasts you can listen to. Plastic Model Mojo. The Scale Model Podcast. Plastic Posse. On the Bench. Model Geeks. Sprue Cutters Union. Or you can head to modelpodcasts.com. Consider leaving a review or five stars as it promotes this podcast to more people to enjoy. Also, consider tossing a coin to us on buymeacoffee.com. It just helps us make content for you. In this episode, we'll be just making conversation about models. Are they toys or are they just replicas or playthings? Those that don't understand the hours and hours of dedicated focus and concentration at the workbench can come to the conclusion that what we are playing with are toys. Yes, they are small things. Yes, they are fun to make. But do we broom them around the bedroom? Eh, Maybe. Why do people misunderstand us model makers with the comment, you're just playing with your toys? How do they get that misconception in their minds when you tell them that you make models? Is it a trigger for you? Or do you just not care? Action men and dolls houses. These are toys, right? Or are they one-sixteenth replicas of military subjects and domestic dioramas? We had a message from Andrew Wolf, who bought us some coffees. Thank you, Andrew. From Minneapolis in the USA. Thank you for sharing your wonderful conversation with the rest of us. I also want you to know that I took Malcolm's advice and I have recently installed secret drawers. I had no idea about these things before you mentioned them. Very helpful. Thanks and cheers. Cool. Thank you, Andrew. Um, that well, I can't remember what episode that was now. Was that about workbenches? I think it was workbenches, yeah. That was um, that long ago. It's a, It's been a while. Yeah. I don't think even think we were talking about buy me a coffee in those days. Not sure. Uh, well, Workspaces was episode 15. Hmm. Well, well, thank you for listening, Andrew. That's cool. Yeah, thanks for leaving us a message. It's good to have a little bit of feedback as well. And uh, thank you for grinding some beans. Yeah, grinder beans. Um, Let's talk stuff. So, James, I thought if I start off trying to trigger you to being all pissed off and rowdy, then it might make a good podcast. But you're my friend and I don't want to do that. What? What do you mean? Well, I don't get pissy. Not me. But I know that when, whenever you, whenever you know me to be triggered by something, well, this exact subject for one, because <laughs> it's one that you mentioned to me once that this does trigger you. I remember you telling me you had a conversation and uh, with somebody. Uh, I think it was a, a short conversation you were having with someone, and they said, "Go on then, go play with your toys," or something like that, and that upset you, and th- and that would upset me too, and probably it wasn't meant in a nice way. Uh, no, 
It wasn't. It wasn't meant in a nice way. It was. Um, I, I've had it thrown at me a few a few times in um, in conversations um, with people I knew. <laughs> not not saying that I was triggered and yeah. no longer someone I know. In, in some cases, right, right. <laughs> are they are they still with us? <laughs> I no, I, I I'm not that triggered that much. I just uh, the, the the phrase always gets me going because it shows a, a lack of understanding. And uh, with anyone that has a hobby that takes a great deal of time to and effort to produce something or concentrate on, it is frustrating to hear someone try and demean your hobby in in that way. And um, hmm. I, I don't, in all honesty, I, I don't broom broom my cars around the bench. Um, I don't fly my aeroplanes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the aeroplanes. I like aeroplanes. It does, it does trigger me. I, I can't lie. It is okay. one of my triggers. Okay. I, I guess it was said because uh, trying to make the hobby derogatory or a waste of time, I suppose. That was what it was said. And not that that particular person particularly thought it was playing with toys, but uh, knew that it would just anger you, you know, if you belittle it like that. Um, and I guess it, it comes down to what you think toys are, and whether it's a bad thing to, to want to play with toys. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm going to mention it because it goes with a similar sort of thing, but obviously for a different hobby. And we've made a couple of comments throughout our podcast that um, was picked up in, in a review that was done. Um, mm-hmm. this month in the Navigator, um, which said that we made comments about anoraks and train spotting a lot. <laughs> I'm not quite sure which episode that may have been in. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a similar sort of thing at the end of the day. You know, I mean, I, I work on the railway, so I see a lot of people that like to stand on the platform and take lots of pictures of, of trains. Or, or collect numbers and that sort of thing and and that's their hobby and you know that floats the boat that floats the boat but obviously when we talk about train spotters it conjures up a particular image which is an image that's been derived by comics and people that want to take the mickey let's be honest anorak is is used for train spotters quite a lot but also it's it's anybody that just has a hobby that that is perceived by the person saying anorak perceived in a weird way so yeah, it's no different, I suppose. But um, anorak is a derogatory term, I suppose, isn't it? You know, it certainly can be. I think anorak users are as amused by the word as uh, by the the use of anorak as they would be uh, anywhere else. And and the funny part is, you you would use that terminology of anorak. Um, those people would use it to to describe a different hobby that they don't do. Well, if you go and look up Anorak, it's uh, it's it, it, the company is is quite a modern, funky company. Uh. So people who do actually wear Anoraks are quite outgoing people. You know, they're climbing over streams and wet rocks and going on adventures, climbing over wet rocks. I just had a picture in my mind of someone kind of scrabbling over a kind of a a brook wearing an Anorak. That might be why it's wet, or it could be raining. It is England. No, like a stepping stone. Oh, I see. Uh, like, like ramblers or hiking. <laughs> if they if they're clambering over a stepping stone, they've fallen in. <laughs> Must be as tall as you are. <laughs> Thanks, Malcolm. You're welcome. <laughs> in 
in terms of toys, someone says you were playing with your toys. That's fine. Yes, I am. And I enjoy it. And it's fun. Uh, I don't think that's a problem. It, it, it's like saying, you know, a football is just kicking a ball about. Way more complicated than that if you're playing it professionally. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely fine to be re- refer them as toys because they are entertaining. It, what we do is, is fun to do. Model making is fun. Putting things together is fun. And yes, you get to have something at the end. And I do make the engine noises of the vehicles that I've created. And it happens all the time. I see loads and loads of people building models. And you know they're nearly finished and they're enjoying it because the engine noises start getting made. Whether it's a spaceship and it's... Or aircraft and it's around the ceiling. I could go on. I could do all the vehicles if you want. I'm waiting for the tractor. (laughs) it's out there now it is (laughs) a lot of models also uh, allow you to be able to not glue the propeller right or not glue the wheels oh yes so they are meant to roll right Mm -hmm. which means the designer is meant for you to spin the propeller or blow on it to see if it goes round right Mm mm-hmm and also for you to drive the thing. Now, obviously, resin wheels, where they've got the weight at the bottom, they're not designed to be driven. And those are for scale model enthusiasts, let's say. But with the ones that aren't, you can drive around. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to find that even when you glue the wheels, you still you can still drag it across the desk if you want to. I remember being at, um, it wasn't a model show, but I was displaying some models. And it was at a, a medals and uh, memorabilia fair something like that. There's lots of like metal bits and pieces from uh, wars and things. And people were kind of buying and selling stuff. And that was me with my little model display. And what was happening was a lot of people were coming up and picking up all the models because they didn't understand that they were delicate things to not touch. But of course, all the other stands, they were displaying wares and things that you could pick up. Mm. Right? So this one guy comes along, picks up one of my scout cars that I just recently finished and says to me, do the wheels go round as he is dragging it across the table? And I said, well, they do now. <laughs> I never did fix it. I think I threw it away in the end. He wanted to see if he could drive it. Mm. And he wanted to play with it. A big grown man. I don't see a problem with that, but obviously don't touch my model. I'll give you a little toy to play with. The distinction is very difficult to, to define what a toy is and what a model is. I guess... Um, if something's in a display case and it's restrained from being touched and then played with, then it's a model or a replica. And if something is kind of in your toy box, then it's a toy, right? But uh, yeah, it's all fun. It's all enjoyment. I don't know what it is, to be honest. I, I suppose maybe it's the case of, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, well, no, I'm a modeler. I spend lots of time. I use lots of different techniques, lots of different products. I have put a lot of love and craft into what I do, blah, blah, blah. And I suppose the other side of it is obviously mentioned loads of times before. I much prefer models that are in a, a diorama. So it's a little bit like picking up an oil painting of Lancaster and running around the garden making engine noises. It, it, that it doesn't equate in my head. Hmm. It's not a picture. It's a, a diorama. The same as it's not a toy. It is a model. Right. So yeah. I, so maybe maybe it's my own hang-ups as well. I suppose I don't know. <laughs> Do you think it's because you're a scale model enthusiast that you are now kind of at a different point where you think it's not a toy anymore? 
you know, you're above it. You're kind of beyond. I can see the point in as much as obviously when I was younger, I was making model airplanes. Part of the the idea of making a model airplane was stuffing it full of cotton wool and filling it with lighter fuel and running it down something out of my window to make it look like it had been shot down. Yeah, so you were playing with that as a toy then. Uh, yeah, I did play with it a lot. You know, I built tanks and bits and pieces and I'd push them around in in mother's flower bed and things like that. So at that age, yes, I used humbrol paints and I used a, a hairy stick and I didn't know about the finer detail, hmm. followed the instructions, stuck it all together, painted it and then played with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly how it's supposed to be done, I guess. Exactly. But that same kit I can now build, and it's not a toy because it's a model, which doesn't make any sense really, does it? But it's because of my approach to it, I guess. With a child and you built a Spitfire together, you could go running around Mm. the garden with it now. Unless you'd spent a couple of hours putting all the streaks on and the smoke and matching it up to a, a photograph or something, then maybe you wouldn't then because you've put lots of effort. See, now that's a funny thing, actually, you saying that. I'm thinking to myself, how would I react if my grandson, who's not old enough yet, but hopefully will at some point come and sit with granddad in the ops room and make a model or two, how will I feel when they go, oh, look, mummy, I've made a spitfire and run around a garden and smash it into a wall? I'm not sure how I'm going to react to that because am I going to be able to get over the fact that's a toy now because it's in in the hands of a, a young child? I suppose I would. Yeah. I haven't thought of that until you said that. If you had spent a couple of hours together building it and painting it and making sure it looks all nice, and then he goes and just smashes against a wall, that's that's because he's enjoying it. Exactly what you're kind of supposed to mm. do with them, I would say. If you'd built it over a couple of years together, I imagine that he also wouldn't want to break it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to start building a 148th airplane with resin wheels and photo etch galore, etc., <laughs> and then go, there you go. What do you think of that? Oh, look, it went in the wall. <laughs> no i'm not going to do that it'll be a cheap kit and it will be a case of come and sit with me and see what i do and see if you like it yeah so is, do you think it's a case of cost yeah i suppose in a way it is a little bit more to do with cost as well not a physical cost monetary wise but time yeah as a kid i've not spent a great deal of time on a model hmm. although i have concentrated as i've gone along and got better at it and bits and pieces yeah but now i spend an awful lot more time making a model so right yeah. yeah maybe it's just the time element that's the the misunderstanding i guess some of my favorite toys as i was a child i've still got a box of cars um, my kids play with now and a lot of my favorite toys in there my toy cars were the most detailed ones the ones that would have the openable doors the ones that have the openable boot that you could squeeze a playmobile figure into and then you could play with them but they were more complicated than the the boring ones and I like those better. So maybe there's an argument to say that the, the more detailed models are the, are the better toys. Yeah, I mean, it's like die-cast cars. Mm. Some of them that are out there now, are, I mean, I'm sure they've been there all along, but I, it's not something I've really paid much attention to. But some of the big die-cast cars you get, and you, you know, you can take the engine out and yeah. God knows what else. I don't see that as a toy. It is, but it isn't. I've got two of these. These are um, the Borrego. I'm going to say one-twelfth scale. Probably not. Probably a bit more than that. One-twentieth? Borrego black Lamborghinis, because Lamborghinis are my favourite car. If my daughter said, Dad, can I play with that car? I would say, no, absolutely not, because this is my favourite car, and I do not want you to break it at all. Even though she has broken it. She's broken the windscreen wiper <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. But this is a toy. Yeah. 
I would say it's, it, it is a toy. It's an awesome toy, and that's why I don't want to play with. Open the bloody door. Look. The door flips up like a Lamborghini. And I can put it down again, and it clicks shut. That doesn't. Oh, shit. Broken it live on the podcast. I've broken the door. There we go. <laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> the boot opens and um, all that kind of thing, I think. It? Yeah, the boot opens. Why isn't it opening? There we go. The boot opens, and it's got the engine in there. Look, Yeah, that's a toy, but it's a really awesome toy, and it's pretty accurate. Mm. It's, a, it's a replica, and it's a toy. But I didn't make it. I think that's the thing. I didn't craft this. I didn't whittle it out of wood. I didn't paint it. I didn't anything. And if I had, then I would be a lot more precious. And it certainly wouldn't sit on the windowsill here Mm. where the cat can sit on it. It would be in a display case because I had made it. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, you're right. That is a toy, definitely. And it's a toy in which I can see a child wanting to push around the carpet. Mm. But again... I suppose the other side of the, of it maybe would be that a model is made of plastic, but that's not. That's made of metal. That one, yeah, yeah. And yes, I, I can hear people screaming as we talk, saying that yeah, there's a lot of plastic cars out there, James. In my head, when I was a child, they weren't mm-hmm. plastic. They were they were metal. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what it is. There's, there's very few things about the hobby that actually you know those sort of things that would trigger me. But that is a phrase that triggers me. I just Maybe it's maybe it's not actually anything to do with the model making. Maybe it's just because it's a demeaning comment. Yeah, I, I think it might be. Maybe that's just what it's about because I I do berate myself an awful lot all the time. We've had this conversation before, haven't we? Where mm. even as we're recording this right now, when we're we're doing the intros and the outros and all that sort of thing, we make mistakes. And Malcolm has many gigabytes of mistakes that we've made. <laughs> generally me <laughs> but i will berate myself in which sometimes malcolm will say don't say that to, to james i don't like that james go away that james hmm. but i often will do that to myself i often will be in there first to make a derogatory comment about me or about what i'm doing because uh, it's sort of prepping me for that hmm. that snarky comment from someone or taking away the opportunity for someone to make a snarky comment because I've already done it. Yeah, and you're taking ownership of that comment then, aren't you? Then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, again, that's part of it. Mm. I, I don't know. I've not really analysed that before that way. The dictionary definition of a toy, an object for a child to play with, typically a model or miniature replica of something, for example, a toy car. That's what it says in the dictionary. also says uh, a type of dog as well. <laughs> Now I'm chewing at the bit because I'm like, well, whoever made that description should not have used the word model because it isn't a model. It's a toy. It says similar. Similar words are plaything, game, miniature, make-believe, model, and imitation. Ah, an imitation. Mm. Now I understand why they're toys. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Can't share any more information on those hand signals that I was making to Malcolm. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a family show. I remember when I was a kid, I had an uncle. Uh, Well, I still do, I think. Yes, he's he's still around. Sorry. I was not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, uncle. Sorry. I remember going to one of my uncle's 
houses. And he had collected the uh, little antique toy cars that you could get from Walker's Crisps packets. Um, now, if you don't know, Walker's Crisps is a, is a brand of chips, as the Americans would say, uh, but we call them crisps here. So there's a, a packet of crisps uh, you could buy, and then you could send away for little vouchers, and you would get an antique-looking car, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he proudly had collected the entire range, a good 16 cars this was, and he had made a little display case for them and put them on the wall and everything else. Now, I came to visit, probably the first young child in many, many years to visit the house, and they had displayed their little tiny toy cars at child height. So the first thing I did is go in there and think, oh, look, someone's laid out beautifully all these toy cars ready for me to play with. But no, these were not for playing with. I'm not a very restrained person as it is as an adult, but you can imagine what it was like as a child. And I think I managed to get hold of one of those cars when I was told not to. I played with it and broke it, I believe. My mum will remember the story much better than I can, but I remember thinking, this is just insane. Why have you got these things to look at? Why can't I pick them up and hold them and drive them and put them on the floor? And why can't I enjoy it tactilely rather than just looking at it? Because looking at it is not enough. Also get that at model shows, don't you? You get kids trying to grab the model to hold it and bring it closer maybe and to explore it more with their hands. I think generally children do learn, don't they, and experience things through touch. I don't think it's an unusual... See, I... Got me on another trigger now, really. And I know why we do it, because I do it too, putting the signs up, control your children, don't let them touch my models and all that sort of stuff that you see at shows. Mm -hmm. Totally understand why you do it, and yes, it doesn't work because they they don't read the the signs, but... What, the parents... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your parents or the children yeah no, they don't but no. <laughs> they don't um and, and i have a theory for that but that's for another another podcast um but yeah you you, you tend to find if, if someone if someone's gonna do it it'll be a young child and a young child will, i've seen it loads of times they'll, they'll be walking around with the parents and and you'll hear don't touch don't touch don't touch and then all of a sudden, they'll go to the opposite side of where their parent is, and they go straight up to a model and go, oh, look at that, and pick it up. I've seen that several occasions, and you're just like, oh, no. It's really hard to control a child. It's because they're experienced all the time by by touch and, mm-hmm. and their senses. They, their senses are so alive that they've got to use them to, to, to learn new things. Yeah, trying to explore their world with taste as well. You know, it's a good job they don't just pick them up and put them in their mouth. That's what babies do, isn't it? Weird trigger, isn't it? Why does a grown man get so triggered over such a phrase? It, it makes no difference to anything, really. Mm. It's interesting because um, do not touch signs. Uh, we were going to do a whole podcast about do not touch, weren't we? Um, <laughs> I find uh, you say that children can't read them. I find the adults don't read them either. If I'm doing a model display at a model show made by a model club, I generally won't bother with do not touch signs because I know that the patrons that join there are modelers themselves, likely, mm-hmm. and won't be many general public coming in. If it's at a museum, then there will be general public coming in and there will be families with sticky fingers. Mm-hmm. And so do not touch signs do go out. Mm. Well, it doesn't make a difference. No. Do you know, we did this thing um, with a with a glass jar in some of the shows I go to, and we put this do not touch sign on top of the glass jar to stop people picking the glass jar up. Uh-huh. Because if that glass jar gets dropped at a show, we're in trouble. Uh-huh. 
It's, it's going to be a mess. So we put the do not touch sign on top. That doesn't stop people picking up the jar and the do not touch sign falls off. They stand there with the jar going, oh, it fell off. What fell off? Did you read what it was that fell off? Apart from barbed wire, I don't know how else <laughs> to stop. And I know other people put like perspex shields in front of things like that. But it's, uh, I guess you just, if you put it in arm's reach, it's, it's, it's likely to get grabbed. You know, and that's just what kids are like. Someone's going to, yeah. The signage side of things, I think we're bombarded by so much signage all the time yeah. that we're just signage blind. Oh, maybe you put decoys on your model display. You know, the brightest, shiniest model is not a model. It's just a, a toy, right? And you stick that in the middle, front. So when little Johnny comes up and goes, I got that, I want to grab that. And he grabs it. It's just a toy. It doesn't matter. Or you could go for a nice fluorescent coloured die cast car that you put at the front and just wire it up to a battery. <laughs> they won't touch it again, will they? Well, once they let go of it eventually. <laughs> that showed him. You won't do that again, will you, Johnny? <laughs> he disappears in an ambulance. <laughs> You can't convince me that there is a similarity. You can't. Mm-hmm. Although in, in what we've been talking about, I know I sort of backtracked a little bit, but it's still not the same. Mm. Because, you know, as a kid, yes, I built models. I also built Lego airplanes. I built aircraft carriers and stuff. Mm. And, yes, I did drive Lego aircraft carriers through my mum's flower beds, and it was amazing. Can I say it? I haven't said it in this podcast yet. I could get my Corvette and go and do that through my mum's. If it was a flower class Corvette, you could drive it through the flowers. Yes, it would be in the right place because it's a flower bed. Yeah, that's right. You could go to sleep in it. Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to get it off the shelf and I'm going to go and plough it through my my beds. No, you're not. When my wife comes home from work, she can look at all the trowel lines I've left in her beds. No, see, that worries me now. Because I wouldn't want you to do that because it's a beautiful thing and you'll ruin it. I can see why you would not want people to play with your models, and I understand that completely. But if it was just bought and it was metal and it was a toy, that would be fine. Mm. It's because you've spent time on it and you've built it yourself and you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it and you've dropped all the photo etch on the floor and picked it back up and put it back on the model and you've researched it and make sure it's the right color and everything else. So it's, it's precious because of that, mm. not because it's a model. It's because you have made it and you put your effort into it. Might be wrong. I have been wrong before. Have you really? Yeah. But I have noticed in this episode you haven't backtracked and gone, oh, my God, I've just realised. No, that's true. I haven't. We also haven't mentioned trains either and layouts and playing with trains and all that kind of thing. Oh, no, I mentioned train spotting, so I thought that was enough. Okay, that's fine. We took that box. <laughs> We've pleased that genre. That other audience, yes. I was going to talk about remote control to further muddy your water. Ah, now, yes. This is where it gets complicated. Because people who drive their remote control cars around tracks at a club, okay, or they do rock hopping with their 4x4, 116th scale Land Rover. These are dry rocks, not wet rocks like the people in the anoraks. Uh-huh. Would you say they are playing with their toys? Uh, now, see, I'm going to be really controversial. I, I know you're not expecting that from me, but I would say that remote-controlled vehicles or boats or aeroplanes are neither a toy or a model. I would even go down the road of calling them a tool. A tool? A tool. 
because you are uh, you are making it do something. Mm. It's an activity, obviously, but you're either sailing it around the the pond, high speed or slow speed, or you're firing um, uh, what they call them things, torpedoes. Firing torpedoes, <laughs> or you're you're racing around a track at high speed to be a winner, or you're plowing it through mud and up rocks and mm, sounds fun though. Oh, it's it's great fun. I I have done a little bit of flying mm. with a remote controlled aircraft, and uh, yeah, it's great fun. It lasts very shortly because I normally plow them straight into a tree. <laughs> yeah, well, the, that's usually where they end up, isn't it? Yeah. So you wouldn't you wouldn't say that was a toy then. Is that because maybe because it's aimed at adults, not children? I think a lot of adults enjoy them, but there's a lot of children that enjoy them as well. So I think it spans the gap between being a child and an adult. It just merges the two together because all the adults are like children when they've got remote control. Let's face it. Have you ever seen anyone with remote control or anything? They're like a little kid. (laughs) Their child standing next to them saying, Can I do that, Daddy? No. Watch, enjoy the spectacle of me driving this speedboat through the pond. Aren't I a fantastic driver? I've not had any experiences with this as a child, just to let you know. It's it's not that I'd be (laughs) twisted from my father who was so mean. It transcends generations and and they're great. They're great fun. I mean, I would love, absolutely love to have a remote-controlled airplane that I could fly properly. It would be great fun. I do have, as it happens, a remote-controlled helicopter Ooh. I struggled to get it into a hover, so it hasn't really gone anywhere. And one thing I discovered very quickly with it, when you can't get your helicopter to hover, obviously it goes forward, sideways, or wherever, you need a very big space to be able to control it. And it doesn't work in a garden. Not the one I have, because I have a, a fairly cheap one. Because the slightest movement of air, I wouldn't even say a breeze, and you put it in the garden, it just falls over. It's just like real area, I can't cope with it. And again, for me, it's a little bit like PlayStations. I can't stand PlayStations because you've got to use your thumbs at different times, and and I can't do that, let alone a couple of fingers also doing stuff. Or oh, it's far too complicated for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, to, to to remote control anything, unless it's forward, back, and reverse or whatever, I'm pretty knackered. And yet, you can glue tiny, tiny railings onto tiny, tiny boats and paint them different colours and give them rust effects. Yes. Mm. Interesting. So, um, in terms of toys, then, uh, I guess we're talking about the... It's not so much whether they are or aren't. It's really the the word itself and what that implies. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to play with my toys. I just don't have it anymore. I have to use my grandchildren's. Yeah, and you certainly wouldn't play with your class Corvette in the bath. No, I'd need a very big bath. I'd want to play all sorts of games, but no, my bath's not big enough. Not if I get in it. (laughs) Do you make the uh, engine noises? Do I make engine noises? Um, I have to admit that if I build an aircraft, there is every possibility I may check the aerodynamics. Uh, But no, I don't make engine noises. (laughs) Do you blow on the propeller? See if it goes round. No. Right. Ever. No. I've used a hairdryer to do it, but I haven't blowed on it myself. <laughs> well, what else would I use a hairdryer for? <laughs> How about you? Do, do you make the, the brum brum noises? Do you get excited by all that? Yeah, I do. 
I, I absolutely do. Um, I'm not ashamed of that at all because engines sound fantastic. I mean, I can't obviously sound like a Merlin engine, <laughs> but I, uh, I can have a go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I always, if I'm painting a model, I'm looking at it up close and I'm trying to look at it on the ground and see how it looks. And that's all kind of part of making it look as realistic as I can. And then if I start making the engine noises with my tongue, trying to drive it around, then I guess it's starting to look like the thing it should be because I'm I'm starting to find it's moving into a different reality. Is that That's a bit weird of me to say, but somebody understands what I'm talking about, aren't they? I'm sure. I can understand what you're trying to say there. You're saying it's becoming more lifelike. It's coming alive, basically. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Come, yeah, I suppose so. Um, it's, it's no longer parts. It's it's, it's a, a thing. Hmm. And it's almost like you're breathing that last little bit of air into to its lungs and <laughs> pushing its chest to get it to get it going and all that sort of it's thing. It's alive! It's alive! <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I used to do a little modeling group, and when the guys were finished making the model, it was only a short, short, quick modeling session. Once they finished model aircraft or whatever, well, there's a hobby, hobby boss easy assembly kit, so they only take like half an hour to make mm-hmm. um, paint them. And then when they were finished, they they toddle off down the, the corridor to where they were staying, and they're always dogfight <laughs> with these airplanes and make noises. And it was a different group every couple of weeks, and it was always happened. And it was just the way it was. It's just they were now able to enjoy those models that they'd made on a different level and make them act real, playing with them, I guess, mm. you know, like toys. And it was great to see. They would have certainly enjoyed it. And as we said at the beginning, you know, we're all kids. Yeah, kids are hot, absolutely. Yeah. So as a father of two children... That I know of. Have, you, <laughs> have your children told you off for playing with your models? No, no, they wouldn't do that. You know I've been painting these little bolt-action figures lately. Yeah, yeah. Quite often, I will give them to my daughter to set up a little scene with them, mm-hmm. with like the houses and things that I've got, the terrain, mm-hmm. so that I can take a photograph. And so she'll be playing with them, and she'll give them names and things like that. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. what she does. But I have no problems with her, her playing with it, because, well, they are wargaming pieces, so they're, they're kind yeah. of designed to be played with. Yeah. But crikey, if she picked up my one thirty second Spitfire that I painstakingly made, then I would be very upset, because certainly she wouldn't be holding it in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you touch those seatbelts, they're going to ping off. Mm-hmm. So she's not allowed to play with that. She's not even allowed, actually. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> the girls are not allowed to open the display case. Oh. Yeah. So they can see through the windows, and they know that you don't touch Dad's models. They've grown up with that. Mm-hmm. And they certainly don't open the display case. And they will tell their friends as well. When their friends come to the house, mm-hmm. they'll say, Don't touch that display case. You can look. funny though they never play with that uh, paper ed 209 i made they've never tried to break that unfortunately maybe i should do that (laughs) is it in the display case it is yeah uh you need to take it out yeah Hmm. see how that does with some lighter fluid (laughs) it won't need stuff we've got wool that's a dead set (laughs) obviously we talked about people's perceptions and also your own perceptions of your models and whether you see them as toys. Yeah. One thing I'd like to ask our listeners in this episode is if you have any experiences in relation to this subject, why not head over to the Facebook page and leave us a message and tell us about your experiences and your feelings. Is it a trigger? The phrase, are you playing with your toys or not? Mm. Or 
anything like that. Let us know. Give us some feedback. It's great to see some feedback. We do get the odd comment here and there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's lovely to be able to interact, so please do that. Absolutely. We like talking to people, don't we? We like just making conversation, we do. <gasps> Clever. That's a good way of ending it, isn't it? That's a great way of ending the podcast, by just saying the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We need to do a Musaru update. Oh, Musaru update, yes. I'll play the jingle. Musaru Cup, the Musaru Cup. Let's talk about the Musaru Cup. Boom. Woohoo! And, and now we can talk about it. Because we can't talk about it without having the jingle, because then otherwise people won't know that we're talking about it. They have to hear the jingle to know. It would be very confused otherwise to, yeah. to suddenly start talking about a Musaru. Yeah. Uh, what people would just be completely confused. So the inbox review is done, is out there, as you probably have seen already. Um, That's a risk. No, it's not. It's going to be out there. I know it's going to be out there because I am going to be recording it this week, the week of this podcast that we are recording, and we have plenty of time to do that. So as you can see, the kit is a beautiful kit. All I need to do now is actually start making it. All the pigs are fed and ready to fly. They are all on the runway. They all have their engines running. They're just waiting for the flare to go up. <laughs> the listeners will need to know that we record these podcasts in a couple of weeks in advance before they actually go out. So for James to say, yes, it's it's out, you'll see it, it's there, it's, it's a risk. It means he definitely has to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we haven't done is we haven't yeah. decided about actually doing it live and whether mm. I'm going to be doing it by myself or whether you will be available because we haven't chosen a date. Obviously, you're going to be making it, so you need to choose when you are going to do that, and then I will have to move my life around you, as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, we'll, we'll be doing it soon. The, the advert for the date in which we're going to go live will be out there, if not next week. And it will be uh, very soon because I really must crack on with it. In other news to do with Musaru, put a shout out to On The Bench crowd. They're thundering along. They're doing really well. And they've even been brave enough to put some pictures out to show us uh, to keep the interest going. I have not seen anybody else's efforts as yet. Either I've been in hibernation because the computer has been on a spa week or they haven't done it yet. So we're, we're not behind yet, Malcolm. Not yet. I'm excited about it. I'm super excited because my original idea has morphed a little bit because I have had some inspiration uh, and it's not from our fellow podcasters as such. What I'm going to do is I'm going to um, use those images that have given me a bit of inspiration. I'm actually going to put it on as a post on our buy me a coffee page. I've been very lax with the posts on that particular um, thing. I must get on top of that. Is that only for people who have bought coffees, or is that for anyone to see? You don't have to buy a copy to see the image. All you need to do is go on uh, buymeacoffee.com and search for us and press follow. Oh, okay. That means you become a follower. If you want to buy a coffee, grind some beans, by all means do. Or you can just uh, draw over the images in which you're going to put up there. But that's going to give you another outlet, keeping up to date with what we're doing, because obviously we're on the Facebook page and we're on Instagram. If you're not on either of those, now is your opportunity or Twitter. And Twitter as well. Don't have a MySpace account anymore. Get on those social medias and uh, get a tap in follow. Mm. Um, there's one thing I do want to say. is a quick shout out to uh, another podcast that I was listening to. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's called 
the Model Car Podcast. And they've just hit uh, episode 69. No jokes, please. <laughs> They're a couple of Canadian chaps, I think. Yeah. They uh, to talk about model cars and model car building, different shows and hobby shops that they go to, and it's really good. And they just kind of talk about model cars. If you like your model cars, that's the podcast for you. And what's it called? It's called Model Car Podcast. Nice and easy to remember. Yeah, I've added to my list of podcasts that I listen to regularly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know which one um, I haven't listened to yet, which I have to? It's on my list. It's the Small Subjects. It's a very good podcast. I haven't got round to listen to that. They do a good show. I'll be totally honest, I've only listened to a couple of them. Although we're recording this on a Monday and tomorrow I will be in a position where I probably will be catching up with podcasts, so they probably will be on the list to, to catch up with. Where do you listen to your podcasts? All my podcasts on Spotify. No, I don't mean what do you listen to them on. I mean where do you listen to them? <laughs> I listen to them on the way to work. I listen to them while I'm modelling. And I sometimes very unofficially put them on the background while I'm at work. Mm. If I'm not in the mood for a bit of classical music, um, I'll put a podcast on. I'm at station tomorrow where I'll be by myself. I will listen to some podcasts. I have actually, I must confess, played our podcast at work to my colleagues and made them sit there and listen to it. (gasps) Across the tannoy. No, I haven't done that yet. However, that was a, that was suggested at one point. Is it possible? <laughs> yes, very easy. It is? Yeah. It's just a button away. <laughs> oh, mate. For our, like, uh, 30th episode, would you release a video of, of Just Making Conversation being broadcast across your station's channel? <laughs> uh, yeah, I will try. I'm sure I could do something. <laughs> we were funny enough. We were talking about something similar with the boss the only the other day. So yeah, I might try it. Why not? Are you able to change the electronic display to say anything you like? No, no, unfortunately not. We can't do that. Well, what I have done in the past, we used to have um, a whiteboard. We used to write things on. So um, we we might use that at some point. Oh right, yeah, that's a good idea. Now, I've seen that at um, London Underground. They wrote poetry and things. The uh, guys on the underground have got a lot of kudos for it because they've been very, very clever. Yeah, I, I, I'm not that level. I'll be honest, I can only reach the middle of the ball because it's very high. <laughs> By the by, just let you know, my birthday for listeners uh, is in November. The 148 scale Ravel Blackbird is going to be released in a couple of weeks. Wow, that's so subtle. Did you know about that? <laughs> no i didn't actually i've seen the cad drawings for it but i didn't know it was being released soon is that the end of september or november well my birthday or the, the release date no 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 i know your birthday's in november yep when it's being released is it the end of the september uh yeah i think so very soon if you've seen any of the shots of the made-up model it is just sublime interior and exterior detail and oh man i know i don't need to buy more models I know that. But you're going to. Might not have to. <laughs> not after that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably going to be the model that I buy this year. <laughs> I do what I want it. I'm going to get it. The Blackbird is my my, my number one aircraft that I love. It's just a, so futuristic and out there. And I want a model of it. And I want to cuddle what it. What colour will you paint it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, I'll get that death look. <laughs> Very dark grey. Uh, yes, it's not really black, is it? No, 
very dark gray. I remember being super excited, incredibly excited. Only a couple of years ago, um, going to the Duxford Military Museum in Duxford, and they have a they have an SR seventy one in their American museum. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I got in that museum. I didn't go anywhere else. <laughs> I went there, and then that was it. Really? Um, there was a couple of uh, rooms and, and halls further on that I didn't get to. Hangers? Huh? Hangers? Yeah, a couple of extra hangers further on that I didn't get to. Yes, rooms. <laughs> Spitfire rooms. Just store your Spitfire in that room over there. That's fine. <laughs> and it was, I think it's the, where all the armor and, and the AFEs and tanks are. So the far end, yeah, it's far end. It's, it's, it's a very, very funky museum, actually, because it's been designed in a, in a way in which you can walk up into the aircraft effectively around the outside, obviously. Quite um, a unique shape of a building as well. The American side? The American American Museum, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. F-15 hanging from the ceiling. they got a B-52 in there, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely amazing. And then, then squeezing the corner on the left, on the right-hand side you go in is a beautiful SR-71, and it's not black. Nope. It's not. It's very dark grey. Um, many, many dark shades of grey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I will be doing. I, I can't wait. I think there's a B-17 in there as well, isn't there? In that same museum. What did I say? B-52? Is it B-52 or B-17? Uh, oh. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure now. We'll get letters if we get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> our, our UK people will be telling us off big time. Good. Did you not go into the and see the, the vehicles then? Because you're right next to it. Yeah, like I said, I didn't get that far. I was just too I was too much too much fun in there, uh, taking photographs of every every inch of that thing. Um, and my friends who were with, they went on and looked at the rest, and I stayed there. Um, when we did go back, we I did look at the Concorde and, and the Tonka and stuff like that as well. But I think Sally B was uh, taxiing and flying there as well, so that was a bit distracting too. Yeah, so uh, home base airfield. There's a charity that's based there that runs it, uh, runs the aircraft for the air shows, etc. Or Fa- Sally B Foundation, I think it is, maybe. Are you going to Telford this year? I am going to Telford. I'm glad you brought up shows, actually, because there has been a lot of shows going on in the States, uh, of which our follow podcasters are very professional in their setup. They've got a table, and it looks very beautiful. They've got a lovely banner. they got a printed tablecloth. Yes. I, yeah. Is it actually a tablecloth? I thought it was a banner on the front, mate. Well, did you think it was crayons or something? <laughs> Would be if we were doing it. Oh, well, yeah, but that's that's because it's us. We don't have a tablecloth. No, we haven't got a tablecloth. But they had all their uh, podcast stuff there as well. But yes, we'll be at Telford. You'll obviously be busy doing your thing, and I will be there mulling around, having a good snoop around, see what's going on. Cool. Really looking forward to it. Are we going to do any um, JMC stuff? Uh, We may well be walking around. Well, I say we will be. I I may be walking around with goodies in my pockets. So anyone that recognises me or sees me, because it's not all about Malcolm, I may well be able to hand you some goodies. Hmm, there you go. Go and uh, abuse James for a bit. <laughs> Making models is fun. Making models is entertainment. Playing with your toys is also fun too, you know. So making small model kits is not playing with toys. 
even if we make brum brum noises or fly them around in the air. That's just the extra bonus we have from all of our hard effort. But let's face it, we're all children at heart. You've been listening to Just Baking Conversation with James Skiffins and Malcolm Childs. Follow us on Facebook, where we post photos, updates and other nonsense. Let us know what you are just making and what your thoughts are on the conversation on this episode. A big thank you to our supporters. Mike, Robert, Andrew, John, Mike, Jeff, Richard, Lynn, Gordon and four others. Who took the time to buy me a coffee. If you'd like to grind some beans with us, come join us on buymeacoffee.com. Why not leave us a message with your name so we can give you a shout out. Next time we'll be just making conversation about promoting the hobby. Goodbye. Goodbye, take care. In his message, he said, Hello, James and Malcolm from Middle Middle England. Is it Massachusetts or Mississippi or somewhere? Minnesota? No, it's Minnesota. I don't think it is Minnesota. How do you pronounce that? M-I-N-N-E-A-P-O-L-I-S. Minneapolis. Is that Minneapolis? Uh, yes. Min- Minneapolis penis. <laughs> 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 <laughs>